0: Hello and welcome to Zero Today. I am your humble host, Dr. Lorenzo Neal, hailing from Cajun Land, USA, here to present you with seeds of wisdom, insight, empowerment, and liberation, promoting a knowledge that's engaging and transforming, and it's our goal to empower you, our listeners, to knowing and impacting the world around you. As always, you're welcome to join us on this illuminating journey several ways you can do so. Follow us on all our social media. Uh, we are available on Facebook at the Zero Network on Facebook. Go there, like that page. Listen to archive shows. Follow us on Twitter, show handle at Zero Radio. My personal handle at Lorenzo T. Neal and also, uh, YouTube. Uh, Lorenzo Neal Zero Today Show on YouTube. If you're watching by way of YouTube, thank you for watching. We want to invite you at this time to like and subscribe. Yeah, yeah, like and subscribe. Help us out, and um, we appreciate everything that you're doing to help this show grow. And uh, your support is great. And once invite you to uh, support us by becoming a patron for as little as a dollar a month. Go to Patreon.com/slash. Uh, Lorenzo T. Neal and sign up to be a patron for this broadcast and this everything that we do. We appreciate you so much. So let's get into uh, the work that we're going to do today. Happy New Year. Uh, let me start off by saying that Happy New Year. We appreciate you so much. Uh, last year was very, very challenging um, and I just needed to take a break. Uh, around November, I I couldn't do anything much. You know, it was I was burning out because uh, it it was rough. We had a lot of family members pass away, um, and it was just emotionally draining. So I just disconnected. Uh, I still preached, and we still had our services at, virtually at the church. And it, again, that was a bit challenging because uh, you know I'm doing a large part of the production of that that uh, broadcast the stream but the lord has still been good and gracious and i'm just glad to be in 2021 along with those of you who are listening with us today um while i'm thinking about that um i do have family members who recently have been tested positive for COVID. uh so pray for my family pray 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 much anyway that's all uh, I'm going to say about that. I'm looking forward to 2021, as you uh, probably can see. Um, this is—I I was going to do some reflections on 2020, but I, I don't think I'm going to do that. I'm—I'm I'm just going to go ahead and jump into some of the uh, headlines. The, it's only six days into the year, and there's already a lot of a lot of things going on that I believe. Uh, attention needs to give place to, uh, or rather, I need to give attention to. Let me let me start off this year by, uh, I think this is the 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 best story of the year. I want to start off by congratulations to Reverend Doctor Ralph Warnock, who is the pastor at the Ebenezer Missionary Baptist Church in Atlanta, Georgia, which is the historic church of. Doctors Martin Luther King, Sr. and Jr. and um, noted for the pulpiteers who have graced that place, that sacred space. And Dr. Warnock having served as this pastor for uh, well over a decade, if not longer, uh, it's been it's been a good many, probably twenty years. I don't know. I've had the privilege of uh, seeing him in person and number of uh uh places and conventions and whatnot i have his book in my library um and when he announced that he would seek the senate seat for the state of georgia i was a bit conflicted uh i'm kind of wary of pastors entering in politics even though i myself have done that <laughs> Um, so, uh, yeah, I, I was, I was kind of glad to, kind of glad to hear that he would run, but at the same time conflicted, um, because, you know, as a pastor, he would have to, and, and this is me, I would think he'd have to resign, uh, there'd be too much conflict of interest for him to continue pastoring and, and serving as a senator. In the United States Congress, although there are um, two other clergy that I'm aware of in the Senate, I mean, well, in Congress, in the House, of course, there's Reverend Emanuel Cleaver, who um, we will talk about later. There is uh, Minister Bush, I can't think of a first name, uh, recently elected, and he will make uh, the third um clergy person uh christian clergy person in uh the u.s congress he is also making history as the first elected black congressperson uh, or rather senator from the state of georgia um full disclosure i did not endorse his candidacy uh, I I do de- I do have some um, some objections objections to some of the uh, the platforms that he uh, supports, uh, particularly when it comes to abortion. And I did sign a letter with several other clergy persons, of prominence, or not so much prominence, um, regarding his particular uh, statement. He said, he stated that he's a pro life. I mean, pro-choice pastor, uh, which, as uh, those of us who, I, I'm not really pro-life, I, I am anti-abortion. I um, I am, it, it's a choice whether you choose to have the child or not to choose to have a child. I am anti-abortion on demand, more specifically, um, and that I, I believe that um, we should, Encouraged life altogether, particularly in the black community. Uh, that's just where I stand on that. And so, uh, while I did not agree with him on his position regarding abortion, uh, I think he has served his community well, and uh, it may be that he will serve his state will as a senator um, he has six years to do so and there's still a contested race in georgia for the other Senate seat in the state of georgia and that seat has been right now it seems as if the democratic candidate and I can, cannot pronounce that person's name and I do apologize for that but it seems as if he will come out as the victor and both republican candidates will lose their seats the republicans will lose the majority in the house and the senate and um well it is what it is after that uh biden uh president elect biden will be as uh his his former boss <laughs> President Barack Obama will have the opportunity to have a house and Senate majority in his favor now the the challenge will come what they gonna do you know we we saw what happened with Obama and immediately the the immediate result of some of the things that they were pushing uh, led to the the Tea Party movement and of course in 2010 led to the house and senate receiving majority or at least the house yeah house and senate receiving majority for the rest of his terms and y'all you know, we know what happened between <laughs> 2010 and 2016 or 2020 when he was president and I believe I actually believe Donald Trump would be reelected. I thought I thought Donald Trump had done enough with, with some of the things that he had done that benefited uh, a vast majority of Americans Now I didn't I was strongly against his moral behavior. I called him immoral and I still believe he's immoral. Uh, <laughs> probably most immoral president since Andrew Jackson. On record, I I don't know. I'm just stating that. Um but when it came to what he actually got accomplished, he was one of the few politicians who actually said what they were going to do and did it. Um and I could not stand how petty he, he was or has been in the office. I can I cannot stand, could not stand um the narcissism that came across. It may not be, I, I don't know, but it certainly comes across that way. Um they should have taken his Twitter. <laughs> but um all in all as we're seeing now he has been pushing against the grain of the system the status quo and in some in many ways he won and a lot of a lot of ways it worked against him and and I think if he had been as aggressive without all the noise and drama we would have had a different outcome and uh, he he would probably he would probably be uh, elected for a second term but we will be seeing a new president uh, well we'll know later today whether we'll have a new president or or not Um, and the question is already going on who's to blame for what happened in Georgia with the runoff I mean honestly and full disclosure because I I lean more to the to the right Um, More conservative, conservative, and all that. So you know, I'm center right. Um, The the Republicans who have been fighting for a lost cause, you know, the fact that they believed that the election was stolen. Now we must we we can all agree that was fraud. There's there's been evidence of fraud. There's been evidence of that, and those states that have experienced that are in the process of correcting those and addressing it they're doing it and that's what they are empowered to do as the state but overall 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 fraud you know across the the boundaries of the election uh there is no evidence to that there has been no evidence of that and that's why you know the 60 plus times that has been presented in in courts Across uh, the states, uh, across the country, it has they have lost, including the the uh, <laughs> the Draken, uh, the Kraken that was supposed to be the all too bombshell for Trump with the Supreme Court and uh, led by Ted Cruz and others, uh, Texas rather and others, the state of Texas, and unfortunately I'm Attorney General in Mississippi Joined that fight too. Uh, all of that. They basically said uh, we don't have the uh, the jurisdiction for this, which nullified that action. And because it nullified that action, what we're seeing is what we're seeing. That's that's it. <sighs> but people are now starting to ask the question: Who is to blame for uh, the two Democrats possibly winning in the Georgia Senate runoff versus the two Senate uh, two? The two um, Republican senators who should have won—I mean, it was contested—but usually in runoffs, you know, there's low voter turnout, and in this case, there was not. There was higher, higher voter turnout for this uh, runoff election, which says a lot about those persons and their their uh, zeal to see this election cycle come to an official end as well as their zeal to see democrats have a majority and i think what for the black people in in georgia it was just about seeing a black man being elected to a national office again they did it with obama but here they could say we did it for our state just like in mississippi we were we were said celebrating when uh, our state legislatures voted to take down, remove the flag that had the Confederate emblem on it and to allow the voters of the state to vote for a new state flag, which we did. And hopefully today the Senate in the state of Mississippi will ratify that, that vote, by certifying, not certifying, but by voting themselves on it and it becoming the official state flag of Mississippi. 2020 proved that uh, in in, um, conjunction with all the injustices that we saw or we believe to have been seen during 2020 with uh, acts uh, against black men in particular, with law enforcement that this house this sense of everybody now caving into uh, the black lives matter movement it was only bound to happen that if there was black candidates on ballots that those black candidates in spite of what their platforms may have been were more than likely going to be elected the interesting thing about that also is that not only were um, was he elected largely by a black vote in in Georgia, largely, but I, I I talked with someone last year. I did an interview with Dean Nelson, who's the president chairman of the Douglas Leadership Institute and the Douglas Frederick Douglass Foundation, of which I'm a part of. And I I asked him about the trend of Black voters shifting their votes from the Democratic Party to uh, Trump at the presidential level, but also still voting, a lot of them still voting Democratic at the local level, uh, state and local, which is not uncommon. But um, seeing them shift, especially black men, shifting from uh, voting Democrat to voting a Republican in favor of Trump and then all to see all of that come crumbling down as Trump is basically holding the GOP hostage I mean he's literally become like a cult-like figure if you know today in Washington DC they're holding a march for Trump with the hopes that uh there will be a, a Hail Mary one last Hail Mary throne that will be caught. And get touchdown to win the game, with the hopes that Mike Pence would would be a a, a favorable vice president and uh, going against the voice of the people in electoral college. Uh it's just, it's just crazy. But again, I I said all that. I want to give commendations to, um, Doctor. Warnock, Pastor Warnock, now Senator Warnock, for him. And while I may not agree with him on policy, and I may not agree with those persons who may be backing him, funding him, and all of that, the brother is my brother, my yoke man, a fellow yoke man in the gospel ministry, and because of that, he will have my prayers. He will have my prayers. Uh, he's going to need them because he's in a different, and, and politics are politics, but he's in a different thing. He's on another level, and he's going to have to be as assertive in his faith. And I'm, I'm just hoping that the black liberation that he preaches and promotes is what he stands for. And yes, I, I said black liberation. I, I, I ascribe to a black liberation theology just like uh, those who mentored me and, you know, many others with the idea. And yes, I know that there are some who are going to say that, well, that's Marxist. And I, there are some Marxist overtones in that. I can't, you can't escape that. But what you can acknowledge is the fact that black people are starting to feel more empowered. 2020 gave them this sense of empowerment. Like never before. But the problem is. Will we take advantage of it? Will we demand? Will we be demanding more. As we go through this uh, election cycle. Uh, Well not post-election cycle rather. The next two years are critical. You know leading up to the midterm of 2022. This is really critical. What should we expect what should we expect and what are we going to do to ensure that what we expect collectively and i'm not talking about ideologically i'm not talking about you know because those folk uh will have us buying into the idea that oh you need to let, let me put this here he talks about Reproductive justice, and, and and that's what his words are. He's gonna, he stands for reproductive justice. I'm I'm gonna say this: uh, we have used this word justice so much that it has actually lost its potency. So so when we talk about social justice, when we talk about reproductive justice, it's not about justice at all. It's about getting certain people getting their way over others, which means that if you don't agree with my position on abortion, then you're not for reproductive justice. And I'm like, no, we have the highest mortality rate right now in the black community for uh, women giving birth than than we did. Well, not as it's getting high as it was in the early parts of the 20th century over um, over 100 years we have we have more young black women who are dying in childbirth that's not reproductive justice if they don't have access if if they only have access to health care that is only going to give them the bare minimum that's not justice and yes that's that rolls over to health care and all of that stuff but but Same thing with social justice. If we're not going to talk about, if we're only going to talk about black lives matter when a black man who may or may not have committed a crime is killed at the hands of law enforcement and we're going to tear up our cities and our neighborhoods over that and still neglect the hundreds of lives, black lives that are are (laughs) taken away from us by way of gun violence, by way of domestic violence, and by way of many other, Things, then that's not social justice. And if we're going to talk about criminal justice reform, then we have to address the reality that, as particularly with uh, marijuana laws, as marijuana becomes more and more uh, less restricted, and more states, including uh, our Congress, are seeing that. It is profitable for them. And they are opening the doors for legalization, especially medically, medical legalization. And some are pushing for recreational legalization. Um, I'm not sure about that. But um, think about Pookie and Ray Ray and all of them who serve in time right now because of legal you know the laws that <laughs> that got them in jail for a first offense in many cases they're doing an automatic five years just for a first offense without time served without all that they gotta serve it all <laughs> and that's again, you know we have to think of the, when we you think about this sense of the word justice. We have to be holistic about it, and again while i say i as- i ascribe to more conservative leanings, the reality is as a pastor and as a community person engaged in the community where I live, my concern is about the entire person you know what can we do to heal the entire person to make the entire person whole you know? but That's just what I got to say about that. (laughs) But anyway. uh, Dr. Warnock. um, I do wish you well in the Senate. um, And be praying for you. I'll be praying for those who will be antagonizers. Against you. And for those who will be protagonizers. uh, uh, Or protagonists for you. I'll be praying. And uh, that, that leads to the last thing. There are only three black Senators in the United States Senate, and all three of them are male now with uh, with Warnock incoming and uh, <laughs> only one of them is Republican the other two are Democrats so it's going to be very interesting to see how they interact in this uh congressional season. how will they interact? how will they defend will warnock and booker defend uh tim scott when people come against him will tim scott stand with warnock and booker as uh, a black man whether he agrees with them ideologically or not will he stand with them when it comes to issues facing Black people, it's going to be int- it really is going to be interesting, and I'm I'm excited. I guess I'm excited, but I'm also wondering. <laughs> I'm also wondering. I'm going to take a quick break, and when we come back from the break, I'm going to talk about um, a couple other things. I'm going to talk about uh, Pastor Mace, who is now the pastor of the Gold Church. Of Atlanta and uh, the Reverend Emanuel Cleaver and his interesting prayer that he prayed on uh, the other day so that's what we're gonna do be right back <music> I'm Dr. Lorenzo Neal and I speak with my fellow clergy about a way to enhance your life and ministry. Are you looking to better connect with yourself and those you minister to? When was the last time you explored your emotional intelligence and health? I want to offer you my service as a coach and counselor. I've developed a six-week coaching program with a specific focus on self-differentiation. My background in education leadership and community counseling psychology gives me a unique look to the connection between our emotional wellness and our ministry blending spiritual principles with a family systems approach to ministry i will help you become a highly self-differentiated person with a ministry that is engaging liberating and transforming contact me at pastorlorenzo neal at gmail.com to schedule your first session with me i'm looking forward to hearing from you and working with you to serve this present age and to fulfill and engage all yourself to do your master's will. Blessings. You may find it hard to believe, but at one point in your life, you're going to need access to reliable legal services. Legal issues can be confusing, complicated, and even a bit embarrassing. That's why I joined the family at LegalShield. LegalShield offers the most affordable, comprehensive legal coverage available. And for a small monthly fee, I have access to LegalShield's personal plan that includes attorneys who will represent me and provide me advice, even draft and review documents on my behalf. Not only do they provide excellent legal service, but with their ID shield, I'm also guaranteed protection from all fraud, including identity theft protection. Did I mention to you, I have so many perks and benefits that come with being a member of Legal Shield? Yeah, that pretty much covered the plan by itself. For the last 45 years, Americans have trusted Legal Shield for all their legal needs, and I'm glad that I've joined them. So give them a call, visit their website, www.legalshield.com. I'm telling you, you will be glad that you did. So if you're not aware, I am a very very curious person i'm always trying to learn new things and um so i recently learned about skillshare and it's opened up so many doors for me on learning how to be a better creative person i've learned i've taken classes on uh creative writing on my podcasting on my youtube videos all of that it has come in handy and I would strongly recommend you, if you are trying to improve on any skill that you have and you want to go from being a hobby to uh, make it a pro, <laughs> I, I, I want to invite you to go to Skillshare.com. Uh, Skillshare.com is where you can go to learn all kinds of things. They have workshops on everything that you can imagine, photography, videography, uh, writing, anything that you can think of. You can find it on Skillshare. So, and I'm telling you, you're gonna you're gonna really love it. It's it's worth every single moment, every single class, and you'll you'll love it. You'll greatly greatly enjoy it. Go check it out. Skillshare.com/ZeroTodayRadio. Zero today. I'm your humble host again, Dr. Lorenzo Neal, and we are back. There's a lot going on since I've started this broadcast today and on um, Capitol Hill. It's crazy. It is crazy. It is crazy. It is crazy. Uh, as I understand right now, both houses are on, on the lockdown or have been evacuated from their chambers. Protesters have not only Moved from their original location, but they are now on Capitol grounds. And some reports are saying that they are actually in the Capitol building, in uh, at least the Senate chambers. This is crazy. And um, I have some acquaintances who may be up there. I did not support Donald Trump. I, I... um. Let me correct. I supported Donald Trump some of his policies. Uh, I did not support how he has been, I do not support how he has been pushing this false rhetoric and narrative about uh, elections being stolen. Now we know, and I said it earlier, we know that there are cases of uh, voter fraudulence. That's, that's, that's in every election that we've had at the national, excuse me, the national level. We've always found evidence the problems that was those things the that has never been corrected. And I think this is what uh these protesters and these um uh, these uh congresspersons who are objecting to the certification of the Electoral College they're saying look stop and and let's do a full review of our election process. Now this is my this is what I I would do. I was like, okay, let's certify. Let's get this over with. Let's acknowledge the new uh, president and vice president. And as we go in this session, we will man- We will make it our primary objective to completely review our voter system and provide a umbrella for the states to fall under, uh, and give you know give meaning funding or whatever we can to, to give best oversight as we can to the sovereignty of the states when it comes to their elections and their processes and their devices uh we don't want to federalize elections in some of the words you know uh we don't want to federalize it we don't i I don't want to federalize it I don't think it should be federalized but because the states have their mandates the state has their sovereignty then there should be some uh, uh, some sense of government oversight. Say, hey, this is what we're going to do to ensure uh, our elections are as credible and non fraudulent as possible. Instead of making this great scene, and you know, it only makes it only makes those people who are supporting Trump at this moment. It makes them look bad. I mean, terrible. It makes them look horrible. It makes them look completely like that I don't, uh yeah let me take a deep breath it's not what I want to talk about um oh, man pray uh for our government and i just read the tweet donald trump tweeted uh and supported the Capitol police and said support them i think he should be uh <laughs> use stronger terms and say leave stop i did my speech you heard me speak uh, i it's over let them do their job that's what a leader would do but donald trump is not doing that at the moment <sighs> man this this is i i i never would have imagined i'd see this i never imagined our country would ever get to this i mean We've had terrible leaders, terrible presidents in the most recent history. And by terrible, I mean, you know, we know what their personal life may have been like. We know uh, sometimes their moral life. They've been not the best people altogether. Um, and to now, or the best leaders also. And to, to now see this happening is just crazy anyway let me let me touch on this real quick um I said I was going to talk about two more things and I'm going to go ahead and do that um, pastor uh, mace let me get his right his name correct uh, Mace Betha is now the senior pastor of the Gathering Oasis Church of Atlanta, the church who was formed, organized, and pastored by Cornelius Lindsay and his wife Heather Lindsay. Full disclosure, I had a personal relationship with them, uh, acquaintance, not relationship, Um, Cornelius Shortly before he moved to Atlanta, uh, while he was here in this area, we fellowshiped and we were going to work on a couple of projects together. Uh, We did, actually. And um, he was much younger. (laughs) And at at that time, the church was basically just virtual. Uh, It was just a virtual uh, gathering. And then um, he planted the physical church there in Atlanta. And from all accounts, it was successful and it was successful uh his wife heather had her brand that uh that was pretty successful um and then earlier last year 2020 uh, allegations came out about abuse from them spiritual abuse and verbal abuse how the how they treated their staff and people and all of that And um, I I watched some of the persons who were making said allegations and providing receipts, all of that stuff, and eventually led to an investigation by that uh, Georgia State Secretary, Secretary of State. So um, coming on the fire a few weeks back, uh, Cornelius announced that he would be resigning from the church. And that they would not even be attending. That They were turning it over completely. And now Pastor Mace is back in the preaching game once again. Um, having served, had his own church. Uh, they are also in Atlanta. Both of them, Cornelius and um, Mace, uh, had some mentoring by Pastor Creflo Dollar, as I understand it. I know both of them were at one time affiliated with his ministry. I'm not sure if they uh, attended or or, were officially members, but they were affiliated. Both of them were affiliated with his ministry. And uh, Pastor Dollar is the one who affirmed the uh, uh, appointment of Mace Mace as the new pastor. Um, And there's some people who have conflict with that because of the fact that, you know, he's been going back and forth from the rap game to the preaching game, back to the rap game, you know, murder mace and all of that. (sighs) These guys are young. They're still young. And haven't been in ministry for um, nearly 30 years. Next year, actually make 30 years I've been in preaching ministry and 25 that I've been in pastoral ministry. Um, you know, you, you learn, you you can, I've had plenty, plenty of opportunities to quit and walk away from ministry because of the frustration of the office and the work and the people, but I've never, never chose to walk away. Um, not yet at least, (laughs) but you know, the whole thing of this, you know, Mace is popular his name alone would draw people because they just want to be affiliated with the famous person. You know, a lot of these churches today are celebrity dr- pastor driven. And we saw that with Carl Lentz. And we saw it with um, a lot of pastors. I could go down a down list of pastors who have celebrities in the congregation who in turn themselves become uh, semi-celebrity. But having said all that, I do wish him well in the new venture. Uh he has to start from scratch. The good thing is because he has pastored his own church, um, he may have the skills to do it. You know, he founded his own church and so he may have the skills to do it. And the only other thing I don't I do hope that he doesn't go back to is that prosperity gospel that he was preaching when he had his own church, you know. But then again, he may have been mentored by Creflo Dollar. I don't know. That's neither here nor there. And I don't want to say <laughs> that. Any. All right. I'm running out of time. So, let me hurry up and get to this last little thing. And I wanted to say this for last because I wanted to have a bit more discussion on this. Reverend Emmanuel Cleaver on uh, the other day at the first official session of um, Congress, the 117th Congress uh, officially opened on Monday. They, uh, The new members were sworn in on Sunday. Um, was it Monday or yesterday? Anyway, Reverend Cleaver, who I am acquainted with, um, have known for some time and have had the pleasure of Uh, of, well, I just know him, Uh, not, not personally, you know, not, not all over the place, but uh, (laughs) I'm familiar with him, his ministry, and uh, his, I think this is his seventh or eighth term in Congress, and um, it's going to be, anyway, uh, so he did a prayer, he did the opening prayer for the session. And I, I think it was an eloquent prayer. It was he was reading. He was this was not extemporaneous. This was a scripted prayer, and he prayed and closed the prayer in an interesting way. Matter of factly, I'm just going to let you hear the audio of the prayer. It's a little over two minutes, and uh, then I'll come back and give the commentary, and we'll close this thing out.
1: Let us pray. Eternal God, noiselessly, we bow before your throne of grace as we leave behind the politically and socially clamorous year of 2020. We gather now in this consequential chamber to inaugurate another chapter in our rollercoaster representative government. The members of this August body acknowledge your sacred supremacy and therefore confess that without your favor and forbearance, we enter this new year relying dangerously on our own fallible nature. God, at a moment when many believe that the bright light of democracy is beginning to dim, empower us with an extra dose of commitment to its principles. May we of the 117th Congress refuel the lamp of liberty so brimful that generations unborn will witness its undying flame. And may we model community healing, control our tribal tendencies, and quicken our spirit that we may feel thy priestly presence even in moments of heightened disagreement. May we so feel your presence that our service here may not be soiled by any utterances or acts unworthy of this high office. Insert in our spirit a light so bright that we can see ourselves in our politics as we really are soiled by selfishness, perverted by prejudice and inveigled by ideology. Now may the God who created the world and everything in it bless us and keep us. May the Lord make his face to shine upon us and be gracious unto us. May the Lord lift up the light of his countenance upon us and give us peace, peace in our families, peace across this land. And dare I ask, O Lord, peace even in this chamber, now and evermore. We ask it in the name of the monotheistic God, Brahma, and God known by many names, by many different faiths, amen. And a woman. The representatives. Well, as you
0: heard, it was a very moving prayer. I I think, for the most part, it was wonderfully written, written and beautifully spoken. And the problem with it is, after he gave the benediction part of the prayer, you know, most prayers don't include a benediction in it. But uh, this invocation, rather not prayer, uh, but the invocation, the benediction part of the invocation, where he begins to allude to um, uh, to all to to all persons in the chamber, or, and this intersectionality that he alludes to when he brings in uh, the monotheistic God. Now the monotheistic God we all know to be uh Jehovah or Yahweh uh or Elohim for Jews, um God <laughs> Jehovah uh Jesus for Christians and Allah for uh Muslims. Now those that's the only monotheistic uh God. Then he calls Brahma. Now here's the interesting thing about this. Those persons who are Hindi uh believe in one God in three persons. <laughs> so Brahma is in essence according to them monotheistic. So he had there was really no need to say his name if you're gonna already say the monotheistic God because they believe Hindi believe Brahma is monotheistic is one God. But then they have their three, you know, separate persons, uh, under that one God, as I understand that if I'm mistaken you guys can correct me, but um that's how I understood it as when I studied uh world religions. So technically Hindu uh, are monotheistic but they have a um a uh, a, a a lot of gods they recognize a lot of gods. Um, and then he goes on to say the one known by many other names. Uh um, that's because there are persons who uh, Now Buddhism is not a religion. Buddhism is a philosophy. And but you have Taoism, you have Shintoism, you have Confucianism, you have um Many other isms <laughs> under the spectrum of that uh Jainism. And they have, you know, the names of their gods. And then there's the paganism, the Wicca, uh, all of that. It, it, it's just, as a Christian pastor, I fully recognize persons in their identity, uh, religious identity. Fully recognize that. I also fully recognize people who have the atheistic identity. That means that they not only do they not believe in God, but in the religious concept, all construct altogether. Right? So, there, there's that. But as a Christian pastor, uh, the one thing that we are not to do, while we acknowledge all of these, we are not to acknowledge all of these, um, because then what happens is we say that they're on equal footing with the God that we serve, and that that can't be the case. That is not the case. When think about when Paul in Acts chapter, um, was it sixteen, I believe. Uh, I, I want to say sixteen or seventeen, or maybe eighteen. One of those isn't in. The, is in there. <laughs> I can't think right now. As Paul is sitting on Mars, Mars Hill, and you know, they're the, the persons uh, honoring their various deities, and there's one that's to the unknown God, and Paul gets up and presents his argument that this that you're calling the unknown God is actually the one true God in the name of Jesus. And he presents this argument; and leads to some conversion, leads to another. A lot of them wonder if he himself was a god, um, and it ultimately leads to conversion for uh, for us. You know, those who now read scriptures and were able to uh, argue whatever we argue regarding the gospel message. But this was all about pandering, you know. He's a congressman. He now realizes the diversity of the congressional uh, members, and you know there are now more females. I believe there are like 144 members now. Uh, There are more uh, non-whites. I don't have a specific number on that. And of course, there are there is a diversity of Faith persons, uh, persons who ascribe to a diversity of faiths in there, and he tried to cater to all of that. Now he has to go back to his church that he pastors and serves regularly and defend what he said. Now he went on record defending it against Donald Trump Jr., but I I just discount Donald Trump Jr. I mean. The rhetoric he spews is just as bad as the rhetoric of his father. So, I mean, yeah, I take him serious? But he has to go and defend that to his parishioners. Why would you say that? What do you really believe? How should we believe? Uh, what does that mean when you go and stand before uh, our governing body, our national governing body, and do so? What does that mean for us? Does that mean that we must be more? In, in, in incorporating of that and accepting of that, and as a pastor, I say this: Yes, you can be accepting of that and acknowledging it, but you don't go bowing to that, which is what I would say, Congressman Cleaver had basically done. Now he did not have to say a man and a woman, as most people have already argued. If you <laughs> heard it already You've seen it already argument is that a man is neutral gender neutral there was no need for him to even add a woman to it. Uh, it is simply stating it is so yeah, we agree that's all a man is so having that adding that I think he did that uh, I you know how we preachers are we we, we get him prompt to that was probably not written but he felt he had to say it because he said amen and he gotta stick with the <laughs> stick with the PC, stick with the intersectionality. Don't just say amen, say a woman. And he said a woman. It should be a woman <laughs> if you go even be right about it. But and he has to go back to his church and defend that. Now, because he's affiliated with the United Methodist Church, uh, we've been using gender-neutral language uh, for for a minute. <laughs> you know, we've adjusted some of our hymns, and I've had no problem with that. Adjusting some of the language of our hymns to reflect the diversity of the body of Christ. You know, for example, there's one there's one hymn that says, "And I, if I lift him up, lift him up, for he still he speeds through eternity. And I, if I be lifted up." From the earth, will draw all men unto me. Of course, that comes di- directly from Scripture. But we understand by men, it is a general term in Scripture to denote the entirety of humanity. So we we change the language to reflect that. And so, so instead of saying men, we say all people. And it doesn't change. The validity of the hymn does not change uh the sentiment of the hymn, it just recognizing the, uh, the diversity of the hymn, right? And even in uh, in some scriptures, they're they're recognizing the language, especially in the Hebrew language, where it's very di- difficult to differentiate uh, gender uh, in some of the some of the languages and some of the words. Uh, a lot of the language. Uh, that is denoted as masculine for us is actually feminine in 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 the in, in, uh, scriptures, both Hebrew and the Greek scriptures, and and <laughs> and I was I was like you know I know this particularly with, for Greek you know because seminary we had studied Greek and had studied Hebrew and that's one of the things you learn you know you you realize oh this is really the the word is actually feminine we use it masculinely yeah um (laughs) but it is it is what it is and it's gonna it's gonna really be challenging for us as pastors in this upcoming time uh how are we going to really be a loving uh promote loving christianity while it's at the same time standing firm on the fact that loving Christians do not have to agree with the intersectionality that is being pushed. And if you don't know, I'm going to go ahead and tell you one of the agendas that is going to be pushed and Joe Biden has stated uh within the first 100 days of his uh office of, you know, while he's in office within his first 100 days, that he's going to push for uh, the signing, for the passing, and the signing of a um, the Equality Act or something like that. I can't, I, you know, where basically he's going to be recognizing, you know, LGBT plus and everything else in between, and he's going to push for that within the first hundred days, which would impact Black Americans, which would impact. Um, particularly those Christians that are more uh, conservative and you know we just have to be ready to engage this this culture, which is what I'm here to do. I am here to engage the culture. I'm here to empower you to knowing and impacting the world around you. That's what I'm here to do and that's what we're going to continue to do. And so I'm gonna close out on that note. Uh, but I want all of you who are, Listening. If you haven't done so, um, make sure you go and like us, our Facebook page, Zero Network on Facebook. Go and like that page. You can listen to the archive shows there, and also follow us on all our social media. We are on YouTube. Just go, Dr. Lorenzo Neal. You'll find me on YouTube. We are on um, on Twitter, Zero Radio, at Twitter. On Twitter, at Lorenzo T. Neal on Twitter. And if you would be so kind, become a patron uh, by going to patreon.com slash for a little as a dollar a month. You can support what I do and uh, keep it going. Well, anyway, thank you guys so much for joining. Pray for our country. Pray for our country. This is the craziest uh, moment in our country's history. And if you're a believer. Pray, if you're not a believer, send positive thoughts. If you are, well, for all of you, make sure that you are engaged this, uh, this year. Make sure you speak with your congressmen. Write them, your senator, your mayor, your governor, your state uh, legislatures. Uh, get more engaged as best as you can, and make sure that those of you who are believers that you hold your pastors accountable to keep you accountable <laughs> i guess i said that right but anyway thank you guys so much for joining us this is dr lorenzo O'Neill. you guys be blessed take care god bless you